Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Dollar Tree Hero Clicks. I am your host, Hunter Smith. With me today is Mr. Austin Smith. And the man who gets more play than a free Pac-Man machine, Mr. Drew Alderson. How you doing today, Drew? How we doing? How we free doing? Pac-Man machine, would be, that'd be the shit, dude. Man. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the player's guide. We're going to go over the changes that um, have been set in place. I guess it was it came out last week right before we recorded, yeah. but we already had all our stuff ironed out. This is a topic that a lot of you guys have been requesting for us to cover. I actually hadn't really initially planned on covering it but since so many people were asking us to go over it we'll go ahead and do that and uh, as we go over it we'll recap the change um on only on the main topics not every little detail because those things the thing is really yeah. long and kind of give our thoughts on gameplay wise if we like it or not comics wise we're going to be talking about the new marvel now black widow series and then we have some days of future past spoilers and some Yu-Gi-Oh spoilers let's move into news first and let's start with the fact that a mass media, or what do they call it? Whenever mass market exclusives, mass market exclusives, mass market exclusives um, set has been confirmed for Winter Soldier. So yeah, we, I think we already knew that. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we we officially and, uh, know that. So there'll be a target chase. It'll be very similar to Iron Man three. Yeah, there's yeah. two chases: one for Target, one for Iron Man <coughs> three and Thor two. Now I'm hoping it's the same quality of Iron Man three, where we get a lot of really good figures out of it. Because honestly, some of the dial well, they didn't show dials, but they showed some point costs and stuff. Um, they're looking like cheaper, cheaper figures. Um, I'm kind of hoping they do continue the pattern of solid, solid figures in these cinematic sets because yeah. there's bound to be some good ones. They don't make caps without it being really, really stupidly good. Yeah. True, Ricky, if you're listening, <laughs> um, a more Drew Ellie has been confirmed for the Legion of Superheroes OP kit. We already um, kind of expected well, that. They, they said that in the uh, on the card on the of preview. The, yeah, of the other Borger. Um, there has been a Mystique spoiled that we will talk about Mystique. here. Let's bring Mystique up. She's from Days of Future Past. Yep. And me. Well, sorry, I thought I had her pulled up. There she is. Uh, the sculpt is kind of half and half. It's her as a human and her as her usual what she always looks like self. Um, Brotherhood of Mutants keyword, spy keyword, freedom force keyword. I wonder if that'll be a sub theme for this set. Yeah, I, I think it is. <clears throat> 80, I, 80, sorry, 82 points. How much was the last Mystique? Wasn't she 82 as well? Or 81 or she so? She was really cheap. She's right around that area. Yeah. Um, and a very similar trait to the GSX one. Uh, she can use shape change. When she does and rolls a 6, opposing characters can attack her this turn. Which is pretty insane. She has stealth on top of that. And then a special defense power. She can use Mastermind and Toughness. May transfer damage to a friendly character with the higher point value that she shares a keyword with. And when she does, that character ignores one of the damage dealt after damage is reduced. God dang. Now, I do want to state, because a lot of people have been misreading this and saying it, um, this will not work with Blob in multiple ways. Because for one, Blob's too high point value to Mastermind up to, and two... Uh, you can't double ignore stuff. Well, it says uh, she can higher. she can with the higher if it shares keywords. So he she oh, couldn't blob. Yeah, but yeah, blob couldn't choose that plus his effect at the same time because that would be broke. Yeah. Um, other than that, she has special damage power, leadership, and perplex. I like the style. 
It's pretty good. Oh, for 82 points, points, she's good value. Six range precision strike. Basically, all it is, is is a slight update to the GSX style. It's extremely similar to the GSX style, except may, maybe slightly better. We need more figures like this because she isn't oversaturated with running shot and mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff. She's a good dial. What I like about this one more than about the more than the GSX one is uh, the GSX one has a lot of blades. Yeah. Even, and even though it wants to stay away and stay stealth and stay hidden. It has a lot of blades, whereas this one has precision strike, which is good long range or this is a close. work from the shadows kind of figure. Yeah. The one thing I'm gonna laugh at though is her defense power is called Leader of the Brotherhood and doesn't have leadership in it. It has mastermind instead. Yeah. Well she does have honor damage though. Oh and she Ma- does. Magneto taught me well leadership and perplex. Oh, okay. Um later dial she gets just perplex or just outwit and then she gets some shape change or some uh sorry, sidestep in there too and some willpower. I like that dial a lot. I do too. Uh, next we have one uh Blade Knight from I love these. Yu-Gi-Oh! series. These guys are 82 points as well, I think. Man, it's taking forever to pull up. <clears throat> there he goes. Yeah, 82 points. Cool trait. Um, another Seto Kaiba piece, Drew. Yeah. Uh, if Blade Knight is the only friendly character on the map, mod is values by plus one, and if he can use toughness, he can use Enbol instead. Which, that's a pretty cool thing. Because if, let's say for instance... Well, here's a rules question. If someone outwits his toughness and he has a hammer granting toughness, couldn't he technically use toughness so he'd be able to use invul instead? Correct. But typically, if you outwit his toughness, he wouldn't be able to use it. Yeah, on normal occasions, if you outwit toughness. Yeah. Because then he couldn't use it. Yeah, it just says if he can use it. It doesn't say possess. So, yeah, a hammer would give him basically permanent invulnerability. Um, I like the dial quite a bit. I like the pacing of it. It's It's got sidestep blades, toughness, then four clicks of charge, um, some blade, either blades or exploit on every click. Yeah, I like never have blades exploit. I know. I think that was a definite decision on their part, though. Yeah, because I think blades exploit is worth a lot. You know, I, I like the dial. It's not amazing, but what I, I like, like it. what I like about his, his pacing though is since he starts with sidestep in the full movement, he's the kind of piece you want to throw straight into it and do a full movement into action. Yeah, so it's almost like he has a twelve movement front dial with no moving attack. So you want to just move him in, tie up, or like if you have a couple of them or whatever. Yeah. And then your opponent kind of has to kill him first regardless, because if they don't, he's the last one left. All of a sudden, he becomes worth so much more. Although I guess his... I guess his um, toughness and invul swap, that would only count if he's the last character. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because there's not a period yeah, that's not two separate sentences. One series, sentence I hadn't noticed that before. Um, and the other thing with him is because of the wording on it, you can't use multiple of them and expect to get the values. It's when a figure refers to just its own name, it means that specific figure. Next up is Big Man Validus. Oh, nuts. I'm so excited. Let's let Drew one. talk about Validus. All right, Validus is insane. I don't know who designed this guy, but <laughs> they clearly need to rethink their design. <laughs> you know, values. Um, okay, Validus can be played at 249 or 175. At both point values, he's got Indom, he's Giant, and he's got 8 ranged. 8 ranged. He's got Calculator. Yeah, that's a great idea. He's got an amazing set of... Uh, he's got a lot of keywords. Brute, Fatal 5, Future, Legion, Supervillains, and Monster. Um, his thing that makes him stru- stupid is his trait. Valdis can use super strength and can't be targeted by penetrating psychic blast. Is that all true or is there more? No, there's more. At the beginning of your turn, roll a d6 on the result of a 4 to 6. So, you know, 50%. 50%. Wait, what's that, Drew? There's a lack of uh, that can't be re-rolled on there. 
Shut up. And what is he? He's giant size, so chances are you can see him. <laughs> Validus can immediately use Pulse Wave as a free action with a lock damage value of 2. Ignoring friendly characters. God damn it, jerk. We're going to blow the mic again this week. I'm turning him down already. That's the quickest he's ever been turned down before. Uh, this is Drew. He never gets turned down. So, listen. what do you think about the point values? Because, honestly, I like them both. I like both. They're both ridiculous. I, I, awesome. I like them at either value. But they're both easily. different dials. Yeah. Yep. The front-loaded one's a melee dial with, like, charge, quake, and all that. And then the back one's running shot with the attack power. I, I almost like the cheaper one better. Oh, I definitely... Yeah. I'm big on the cheaper one because the cheaper one combos... Or the attack power combos with his treat. Yeah. Which, why don't you tell us about that brilliant attack power, Drewster? Valdis can use Penetrating Psychic Blast, so he can use the thing he can't be targeted by. <laughs> when an opposing character with an action token takes damage from Valdis' attack, give that character an action token. Jesus. So when he pulls wave someone that already has one action token, they take another. So, because it's just when they take damage from his attack. He's amazing. So, I like him at 175. This is an amazing super rare. I mean... If you can't get excited for stuff like this, it's just, you know... Then you need some, like, clicks aggro or something. Especially with the monster keyword, too. Oh, Oh, he has monster! Oh, God! The only thing that sucks is you can't uh, mind control him and let him do his trade again. I know. (laughs) I I said I was going to run freaking... I'm going to run three of these guys on Realm of Death and just walk at the half dials and just walk down the hallway, pulse wave, pulse wave. Can you imagine having, like... Five mole men uh, surrounding the base of him, just making him pulse wave each turn without worrying about having to get pulse wave. That'd He's be so, so stupid. So let's get. He can't be targeted by Pensai, so that means they have to come to him. And when they do come to him, he can just pulse Free wave Jism all over. The- <laughs> Jesus Christ! You uh, stupid. We, we got some Toy pictures from Toy Fair, uh, namely showing us that Validus is. Almost three times taller than all the other hero clicks in the so booster. Fucking huge. He's barely going to fit in the booster. If you think about it, I mean, it, looking at the size of him, and I, I will post these. He's literally these. next to his booster right there. He's barely going to fit in there. I will post these on the uh, uh, on our uh, Podbean site and in the details of all the other places that we usually post these podcasts. But in these pictures, you can see a picture of Aldis, and I I got to imagine if you're holding the booster in your hand and you squeeze it. You could tell that he's in there. Like that's how big he is. Mr. Miracle. That's Mr. Miracle right there too, and he's got a pretty hefty sized sculpt. Yep, and he's over and two times tall. Yeah, there's no doubt. He reminds. He's bigger than Titanium Man. Titanium Man's huge. Supposedly, there's going to be um, a, a few giants in there though, so you won't always know that it's valid. It's yeah, like there's, there's like three or four giants in the. Giganta's pretty big. Um, Mordrew. Mordrew, yeah, that's the other one. Um, we got some more images that showed. Now, one of these images, we've already spoiled all of these except Colossus. has. We I don't think we spoiled no, no, that Colossus yet. Colossus, the new Wolverine. Oh, yeah, and the other Wolverine. And uh, that Storm, I don't think we've talked about, have we? The Storm, I think we saw a picture of, but we haven't seen a dial for, I don't Pyro's think. Pyro's there. Because that's normal haircut Storm. We've seen the one with the Mohawk, yeah. too. And then Pyro and Sentinel, they already spoiled the dials for. Now, Deadpool is really, really good. This picture is lacking something, though, Hunter. What's it lacking? You're not looking at the most updated one. The last day they put Thorpool out there. Oh, I got it. Well, I did have a picture of him too. Um, Thorpool is in there. I'm curious if he'll be a chase or not. Um, 
Is that a new ghost? There, it looks like it, doesn't it? I yeah, guess the ghost it in Invincible Iron Man was pretty mess, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to get a cool one. Um, we especially have an X Force suits X twenty three Wolverine duo, which is amazing. Uh, Doctor Bong, we already knew. Uh, Deadpool and Bob, we already uh, knew. Duo. Too. That one's pretty sweet. And who is that in the front? I can't That's, remember. They posted uh, his name. I'm not sure who that is. Looking at him. Scroll down to comments. Maybe someone's a speed demon. Oh, duh. From uh, oh, Superior shit. Foes. Oh, shit. You know, it wouldn't it be amazing if they did that as a sub-theme and just did all oh. of them? I mean, I, I don't get your hopes up, but oh. that would be awesome. Yeah, we were talking about the... We, we were hoping for a Weapon X sub-theme in this for, like, Agent Zero was what we were talking about today. This yeah. be the and um, Sabretooth and some other ones. Um, and then Return of the King's inform- information... You want to talk about that, Austin? Um, so, Return of the King got uh, the retailer like statements about the G- gravity feed got posted. Um, there's 11 commons, 10 uncommons, 8 rares, 2 chases. Do I really want to explain why I'm very unhappy with this? That there's no super boosters? Uh, no. F- besides that. The fact that there's almost an equivalent amount of commons, uncommons, yeah. and rares. 11 yeah. commons. I mean, it's not great, but we've seen uncommons. worse. That's so. true. And since it's Lord of the Rings, a lot of those commons are probably going to be generics. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. But, no, not that it's not bad, because it is, but we've seen worse fucking distribution. <laughs> not Iron that it's Man, terrible, but Iron it is. Man was worse. Um, the OP kit's kind of crazy, though. Um, to, to, OP kit, six LEs, three copies of two figures. Wow. Um, ten special objects. Two objects. Five two each. different... Yeah, two different objects, 72 horror tokens. So your typical it's a, Lord it's of the Rings It's a standard I'm sorry, I read the six figures and flipped um, out. Other than that, it's pretty much what you expect. It's going to be... It's it's not going to be like Two Towers. It'll be more like Fellowship. It'll be more like Fellowship and like um, Desolation of Smog size as far as packaging it's and It's just a straightforward Lord Actually, of the Rings this is, gimmick. This is almost... This is slightly better than Desolation of Smog. Uh, Smog was a pretty small set, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean distribution-wise. Oh, yeah. Because distribution had, like, the same amount of rares as it did uncommons. That's retarded. Yeah, it was, it was kind of stupid. Um, so that's about it for news. Moving on to what we played. Wednesday we had uh, uh, our um, Escalation League, where you do three straight months, 400, 600, and 800. And in each month you take the same initial team that you had in month one, but you add 200 points to it. And it has to be a name-themed team. And I play, I do Sinister Syndicate, Drew does Brotherhood, Brotherhood means. Austin does Masters, Masters of, of Evil. Um, I'll go through mine real quick. I, I added on Green Goblin from M10, the um, uh, Running Shot Energy Explosion one. And I added on Mysterio, simply because he was like the only one that fit the points. I really don't like that Mysterio that much, to be honest. I think he's kind of cr- crap for his points. Unless you're playing a ton of them. And even when you are playing a ton of them, I still don't think they're that he's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, other than that, I have um, the typical one. Vulture, Craven, Shocker, Electro, um, Lizard, of course. Because Lizard and Craven and the Lion plus the book. I Every time I play them, I think of new little tricks and nuances that so make them even more dumb. how much damage did you get out of the lion alone this time? Oh, so over the course of my three games, my lion dealt way more damage than anybody else because he gets free one free action already, which you can use to drop hammers on the, your other guys without putting an extra action token on anybody. Um, or he can just straight charge somebody. Or if he's already base, he can go ahead and blades. 
And then you can give them a power action to go ahead and blades again. And since it's blades and it locks the damage, you don't give a crap that it's negative one damage because since it locks it, you don't take a net. You basically yep. ignore it. Um, also, I was giving out enough hammers that everybody was getting power cosmic. So now the token can now take a second action token without dying. So effectively, every single turn, the lion was attacking for free with blades, or I was giving him a power action, and he was attacking twice. So out of three turns, every three turns, he's attacking five times. Mm -hmm. Charge blades. And I tried not to rush him up on a full health character. If I could help it that way, he wouldn't die. And think about the fact that he has super senses, and the hammer gives him toughness. So what I used him for was just annoying, kind of finishing people off. And then my other guys, namely Electro and Shocker and and uh, everybody else, Lizard, would go around, peg people for three or four, and then, Liz then the line would come through, charge blades, finish you off, spin the book. Then free act, or then power action, charge over here, blades, kill that guy, spin the book. And it was just, the, the line did at least like 60 damage over the course of three games, easily. Even, he did a ton just against you, Drew. Me and Drew played each other. Um, I did really well. I had a lot of fun. I went 3-0. and um, The only match really sticks out in my mind that was noteworthy was against my first opponent, Harry, because he had M10 Iron Man at full points, which for a book team should be almost impossible to take down, which I didn't take the Iron Man down, but I ended up winning by points on last action. Um, I was down by about 10, 15 points, and on last action I moved up Craven, which gave Lizard a free move action put him up behind Scarlet Witch who was on a ledge power actioned with Mysterio to drop a hammer on Lizard Square he quaked, hit her for two knocked her off the ledge and she took two more on the last action and that was just enough clicks to kill her so that was a very close game and a really fun game um, Austin how did your day go that day? Um, so I went over my Masters of Evil team it's an Absorbing Man Titania duo team kind of they start out split well, for the second month, I removed Normal Absorbing Man and replaced him with LE um, in case I needed to run the LE with Gauntlet. Um, I just ended up merging him every game. It's like I never ran into a situation where I felt like I needed to. Um, also, it provides a good later split. Once you've merged them, you can split them back into those figures regardless of their point values. Right? So if I start yeah. with Absorbing Man, LE, and Titania, I can split back into them. Yes. Okay. Just making sure I did that, or I was planning on doing that, right, mm -hmm. if I ran into it. Um, then, uh, I ran, I added Grey Gargoyle and Melter. Um, the way Absorbing Man Titania works, and the reason I like them, is they're not a shotgun alpha piece. They're a really good, they have a good high movement with the gauntlet. They have an additional plus two in phasing on their first turn. Um, I'm able to get in the middle of my opponents, get them all tied up and messed with, with plasticity traded, of course. I can throw them off their game, and then once I've done that, I can use Crimson Cal to TK Grey Gargoyle up next to them, and while Grey Gargoyle's keeping them from getting their tokens off, I'm just smashing people and healing freaking one from hitting and two from killing. Um, and that's basically what I did the whole night. That Grey Gargoyle, I really, really, like, I knew he was good now that I've had a chance to play him. Um, my last match, I went against another of the duo I was playing, and he actually killed my duo, but that Grey Gargoyle is sitting there, and he's doing four exploits because they have two tokens, and even though they're Masters of Eviling, they can't do much. And he's got a he's got invul he's got a good invul with like a seventeen or eighteen. He's got four damage, at, which is penetrating if they have two tokens. He's got a double token in cap. 
um, and plasticity. Once you get him up in the fray, he's a monster. I really want to play him with hammers. And then the last month I'm swapping him out for Mach because Mach reverts into him and he keeps the running shot hammer. So I'm really looking forward to trying that one out. Um, Melter was disappointing. I, I will say that. If Melter does not have the keywords you're after, he's not worth his points. I had so many good opportunities to sit and shoot with him. He's a decent pin side, I think three, but drops into two. He doesn't really have a lot of move and attack. Um, if your opponent has the keywords, though, he's a monster. Like, for taking out that specific figure. The problem was none of my opponents had armor, robot, or vehicle. Which aren't too rare of keywords. I think he's namely a very good sealed piece for Iron Man, but yeah. outside of that, he's just a decent constructed piece. He's decent. He's not bad, but he's decent. I think I would have rather replaced him with, like, Electro or somebody. which uh, Or Shocker, sorry. Shocker's going in my last month. Oh, yeah. Shocker's a beast. Shocker's a monster. I've been using him on my team. Drew, Brotherhood. What's your Brotherhood team? Um, Besides, of course, GSX Magneto. GSX Magneto, GSX Sabretooth. Who could have guessed that one? Austin just left the room. Um, Toad. Um, uh, oh, Scarlet Witch from uh, Chaos War Fast Forces. Oh, um, Quicksilver. Quicksilver from Chaos War. And, and uh, Pyro. Pyro from GSX. Which, with a running shot hammer, is, GSX Pyro is pretty oh, dang nasty. Oh, my f- God. <laughs> Not just with a running shot hammer. Get up in Pyro's face, and then I'm going to free drop a hammer, and I'm going to do two penetrating quake to everyone. And yes, it is damage dealt by Pyro. All damage dealt by Pyro is penetrating damage. Is it? Damn. Yes. I'll have to pull that up. Yeah. He doesn't play. He don't play. Um, I, I, I didn't do that great. I went one and two. My first game was against Scott, who uh, unfortunately Slosh did not come out on time. So, um... Yeah, he's pretty good against... That is nice. I didn't realize that. I thought it was only his energy explosion that does um, penetrating damage. Even, um, so yeah, like Drew said, when you dropped a quake, it it would do um, penetrating damage. And his poison at the end of his dial would do penetrating damage. Yep, it's pretty sick. Cool. Um, But uh, yeah, I went up against Scott and he was playing uh, Legion of... er, Oh, um... Uh, Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. And unfortunately for him, Slosh hasn't come out yet, so he didn't do so hard. Yeah, if it wouldn't have got delayed, he would have got everything he needed. Yeah. Second game I went against up, uh, up against some loser named Hunter Smith. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, that guy's a pretty big nerd. Yeah, all he does is play hero clicks. Anyway. <laughs> he, uh, he beat my ass pretty hard. Um, I did almost kill his lizard. Which what? is a rare feat. Because that lizard yes. doesn't die with Anger's Hammer. And you might be wondering, how did you almost kill a lizard? And by golly, when you hit say, There was this whole situation where Hunter didn't know what Sabretooth did. It's been, I knew at one point, I just totally forgot. It's been so long since I played against him. That I knew he had... He was What I remember about Sabretooth is... He's really hard to hit. Yeah, 17 combat reflexes, super senses. Yeah, and so... 12 attack, 3 damage. That's all I was thinking. I completely forgot about the trait where if he hits you for 3 or more, you can't heal. Yeah, so what I did was, he was like, why is Drew reflexing damage? And I ran in, hit that lizard for 3, and I was like, hey Hunter, you ain't healing the rest of the game. And I was like, son of a 
bitch. And then he proceeded and his this, line never died. This clever guy. Here. That line never died. Yeah. So so I was like, oh shit, well, I guess there's no point in giving my free movement to Lizard since he can't heal up now. Now I'll just let the lion go around and wreak havoc and he bleeds did. all over the place. Plus he hit like five super senses. In that was such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Made me cry. Oh goodness. Um, and uh, last round I was against some guy playing Web of Spider-Man Nightcrawler. And you know how that goes. So, um... Today we did a two-headed giant at Dugout. And you basically, I told everybody to bring two separate 200-point teams. Um, Silver Age, figures only. And what I do is pair people up. Of course, depending on how many people show up. Depends on who all gets paired up. But I try to pair as many people up to... Two man, two men versus two men, and um, you would pick one of your two hundred point teams, and you play it with your partner, and you put your forces together to build a four hundred point force, and then all game effects that say that they affect friendly characters will count for your partner's pieces too. So you basically Voltron, you form a team against the other two players in their team, and so like leadership, enhancement, and power. Anything like that, anything that says it affects friendly characters counts for your partners. And this is similar if you guys have ever played Two-Headed Giant in Magic. It's it's very similar to that. Um, I thought it'd be cool to try it in clicks form. And I, I personally, I thought it was really fun. I, yeah, I know fun. a lot of people had fun. Um, I brought... So, some people did straight support teams. Like Drew's team is like basically all support. Uh, plus Rocket Racer. Dude, so, you gotta let me spoil it. God. So... so let me tell the story. Whoever, um, so that way, whoever Drew gets partnered up with, he can just help out his teammate instead of just him being the focus of attention. Um, some people went all out. Um, some, some people went with just like one big 200-point character. Some people team. played Beach um, Sports Cyclops and Jean Grey. Um, I just went kind of a half and half. I, I meant basically with two pulse waivers. I went with... Um, Two pieces that I've been wanting to try that I know were pretty solid and that have good pulse wave. Because no matter what I face up against, pulse wave can handle pretty much anything. Except Silver Centurion, which Jeremy was playing. That's true. But yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> I had Slate from Bioshock, who we've talked about before because um, he's so good and because Austin used him in the in a couple big events and at Gen Con. And uh, I tried him and Hobgoblin Prime from Amazing Spider-Man. Who gets the Drew Alderson seal of approval. So I, Go ahead. I wanted to try both of them, and I fit... The, them two left me 31 points. Well, what do they need? They need a little 31-point Jean Grey TK action. God. That Jean Grey is so freaking stupid. No wonder Didn't we you, just talk about it last week? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, see, I'm telling you, man. No wonder you went three now. That Jean Grey is nuts. So that was my 200-point team. That way, I it also gives me barrier... From Slate and his special barrier pulse wave and TK to help my partner. Next out. time I'm going to play Validus at 175 and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> so what I could do was, um, for most of the game's first turn, I would let my opponent move all. I would send out a barrier, let my opponent move in behind the barrier and keep my opponent, or sorry, my partner's team safe. And then second turn, I would TK out um, either Slate or Hobgoblin and let them do their pulse wave. And then my teammate could rush in without having to worry about getting hit first turn. Mm-hmm. And that worked out nicely. And you gave opponents tokens. and um, Yeah, so Hobgoblin Prime is really stinking good. If, if he has no tokens and you do run a shot pulse wave with him, um, after he hits everybody, everybody who got hit also takes an action token. And then Slate is the one who you... 
use barrier with him. He has six range. And once you set up all the tokens, you pick one of them and you pulse wave from that square as if you occupied that square. So what you can do is basically with some creativity and kind of map manipulation, you can create angles to where your guys can be close, but you won't pulse wave them as long as you cut off certain angles. So they can both get in there and pulse wave, and then my teammates can come in. Or I can set out my... I can set up my block, let my teammates go in, hit, I can pulse wave and kind of keep them safe from retaliation from getting shot back at and still get some damage in on my opponents. It was really fun. I had, uh, last round I went up against Harry because we both had the most points and we were both undefeated and we just did 1v1 and I kicked in my other 200 point team which was Deadshot again from Arkham Origins and um, Holiday Killer. Because that's a piece that I that's a combo that I've really wanted to try from day one when we spoiled Deadshot. I was like, ooh, you put a cheap little piece next to him to give them the twelve attack holiday killers like the prime example of that. We'll get into that. So last game that's who I played and um and and won that game too, went three 0 But I, I really liked the two V two mechanic. Even the 2v1 when, when I had to pair people like that or the 1v1 aspect, it, I liked it a lot. I, I think we might start doing that yearly, just do like a, a 2v2 event type thing every year. It was random. You didn't get the pre-plane with your partner or anything. It was it was based upon points and dice rolls and stuff. Um, Austin, what was your team? I can't remember. Today? Yeah. I ran 200 points of pure support. I ran 50 points Scarlet Witch, Donald Blake, Howard Stark from the Avengers movie set, and... Uh, most of ran another perp. Oh, oh I ran Killian. Uh, Killian, but I ran the uh, starter set Killian that gives sharpshooter and ignores hindering. So I knew it was gonna be two at a giant day. Thought it'd be fun to run a run a support team for my buddy. Whoever I get paired with, figured I'd beef up his figures. He'd carry the game for me, and we'd go to victory together. <laughs> so round one, I get paired with the Drewster, and you know what the Drewster ran? Oh my god, a support team. So you know what this team was? Five perplexes and Rocket Racer. And you know what Rocket Racer almost killed because of this? Phoenix, Phoenix Five Cyclops. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Like, our first game, I have to get... Like, me and Drew played that game smart as shit. Like, I don't think... We were putting stuff in the way here and there. Like, we ran, I picked Realm of Death, of course, because what other map am I going to pick? And... I, we were using, like, we used a Madam Web to block a hallway at one point and perped her up to an 18 defense, or 19 defense. Made our opponents really mad. And then when and they, they hit super senses when they finally hit her. Um, it was funny because it started out with Rocket Racer, and Rocket Racer got smoked real quick after he got a good, like, five hit on it. That's because Brother Voodoo Mind Controlled Yeah, Brother Voodoo Mind Controlled him. Made and then they finally Brother realized, hey, he, we can move Brother Voodoo in front of Phoenix War Cyclops. And I'm like... <laughs> and then uh, we took Aim Agent and super beefed him because Aim Agent gets enhancement off that Killian. So oh we, we had fun with this one. Um, yeah. The other matches were... I went up against Drew the second match. Oh my gosh. Um, his partner had a Fury. It was just Fury. It was just Fury. And then Drew had his support team. But uh, it was kind of overextended. And my partner had Silver Samurai. So we bu- we buffed up Silver Samurai. I put Scarlet Witch in position to prob if he needed it, so I could prob his blades. He smashed Fury, Fury once, and then he smashed him again the next turn, and he was gone. Um, and after that, we cleaned up Rocket Racer. Like 
We just, like, beat the shit out of that poor youngster. <laughs> he didn't deserve that shit, but we gave it to him. And in the last round, I got paired up with the brother voodoo that kicked my ass round one. Poor Rocket Race. Um, I got paired up with the brother voodoo that I was with round one, and uh, was up against uh, the silver samurai I was with round two. Um, that was a fun game, too. Um, and then the other guy was playing a Batman team with that oracle. Oh, man, we smoked that oracle. After we killed everything else, we wouldn't let him forfeit till we killed that oracle. That was required. And so Killian went up there, and he's like, I'm a 10-3 with close combat expert against a cripple in a wheelchair, and beat the living shit out of her. It was pretty bad. But, oh, and Alfred Alfred killed freaking Doctor or Brother Voodoo. How did Alfred kill Brother Voodoo? I heard you guys say that. How does a 9 attack 1 damage? Brother Voodoo got smoked for, like, 3 damage or something like that by Bruce Wayne. And then Alfred kept hitting him for, like, 1 after that, and got him and killed him. And so, actually, when Brother Voodoo died, we were actually kind of worried for a minute there that things might not be looking so bright for us. But uh, we ended up pulling out the win. It was a it was a really good team. Um, the one thing that really that I didn't get to use to much effect the last game, which kind of sucked, was uh, Aldrich Killian has a trait has a thing where uh, opponents with armor keyword damage dealt to them can't be reduced below one. And like, there's no like line of fire requirements or anything. It's just opponents or friend, when friendly characters deal damage to a character with the armor. Oh, nice. So I was really hoping that we'd get to use that to ping down Silver Samurai, but uh, Brother Voodoo mind-controlled him, teleported Silver Samurai into a kill box, and we wrecked him. Um, Silver Samurai teleported out, tried to support, and we chased him down. Overall, like it was really fun to play a support team with someone else, although I felt kind of bad because I was giving orders most of the time, like, you should do this, and you should do this. You yeah. weren't with me, but yeah. I was trying not to do the same. It was hard not to, though. It's hard, yeah, it's... I feel like I feel like though since my team had a lot had TK as well, it was easy to say, hey, if you let me if you perplex my attack two times and let me go up and pulse wave, I'll TK your like in the uh, there's a game where I was teamed up with Harry and I was like, okay, you use your two perplexes on my attack, I'll go up pulse wave this guy these guys and then I'll TK your Batman over here into hindering and he can get his penetrating damage bonus in melee this dude. So it's like, you scratched my back, I'll scratch you. Know? See, me and Drew's game fun. was kind of like, I would come up with an idea for something, then Drew would come up with an idea for something, and we just went back and forth. My second and third games, I felt kind of bad because like I didn't realize I was doing it. I was like, well, I would set up everything and be like, now you go up here, we'll do this. And yeah. I wasn't meaning to, it's just as a support team, you have to move everything into position first before you can do anything. So it was kind of weird. Also, Donald Blake's retarded. I know we say that like every podcast, but I'm... <laughs> Yeah. I'm a staunch They believer. were so angry at Donald Blake for like. Oh, it was so funny. Donald Blake didn't even do anything he's like, in the game. He was like, get Donald Blake before your alter egos. I'm like, yeah, look at all these alter egos we have on the weird. sideboard. Because I totally forgot to bring them. <laughs> anyway. That would have been useful on your first um, game. That Aldrich Killian was really helpful, though. Um, he really, like, because there were, there were a few Batman teams today. There were a few stealth pieces. Um, the fact that he makes us look straight through hindering is ridiculous. Um, he gives Sharpshooter, too, which was great with that Scarlet Witch. Because that Scarlet Witch, the 50-point Chaos War one, has Pinside but doesn't have Sharpshooter. So what I would do is I'd put her next to him. Um, he could leadership her because she was at her 50-point dial. And then she, and then he would perplex her. She'd perplex herself, and then she'd blast him for, like, a 10-3. Which was awesome, coming from a 50-point piece. All right, now let's tell the people what they want to hear about. Uh-oh, what is it? Okay, so I was drunk last night, and I was like, well, you know... I had this running gag in my head from Gen Con about where we sat online. I was like, yeah, we should play Rocket Racer. 
So I was like, yeah, you know what I should do tomorrow? Because I didn't know what to do tomorrow. I was like, I should play Rocket Racer. So uh, I played Rocket Racer. <laughs> I went 0-3. <laughs> um, so what did we learn today, kids? That Rocket Racer is not that bad. <laughs> For his points, he's actually really good. I'm just going to state that. It's um, just fun to shit on Rocket Racer because Drew had him as the only offensive piece on our team. Which was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I was very upset. Austin described our first game perfectly. It just got to the point, though, where it was we just... We almost went to time. Me and we Drew almost, were playing a fast game and we almost went to the time. The only offensive pieces we had on our team were Rocket Racer and an aim agent. <laughs> like, Scarlet Witch and Rocket Racer dropped, like, immediately. Yeah. So literally it was Killian, Donald Blake, who never got to support anybody. Yeah. Aim Agent and Madam Web. And those four stayed alive for like and 35 minutes of Phoenix game. Force Cyclops. It was great. Like, I was so like but then once Poor everything died, they just kept taking forever. I lost Howard Stark every game. I know you did. He was the first to die. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, I don't want to sit and try to hit this guy who's been perplexed four times. I'll, so just, kill Howard I'll Stark. just kill Howard Stark. <laughs> uh, Howard so Stark. my team was Rocket Racer. Um, and, uh, let, me, let me tell you what, folks. Rocket Racer's pretty good. He's, uh, Is he too legit? He's too legit to quit. I was, at first, I told Austin, I was like, Austin, whatever you do, do not perplex my attack, because that's not extreme. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I did? I perplexed his attack and said, we really need to hit something. I was here. like, yeah, we really do. Because <laughs> he moved his Phoenix for Cyclops up to a predictable spot. I was like, alright, we'll go hit him. <laughs> and then I noticed, I was like, why the fuck does Rocket Racer have a six race? <laughs> Yeah, that was great. So we're counting out all the. I'm counting out all the movement. I'm positioning everything for the next turn so we can perp him and everything. And then Drew starts counting three extra. I'm like, what the hell? Why are you counting these extra squares? Where are these coming from? I'm not going to perplex your movement. Rocket. And Drew's like, he's got six range. I'm like, oh god. Rocket Racer rolls on to running shot penetrating psychic blast. Yeah, where was that when we needed it? <laughs> what the hell is with this? I don't even know who the hell he is. <laughs> I'm sure he has the team keyword. Let's give a Wikipedia look up to the good old Rocket Racer. Rocket Racer! And then freaking Raymond walks up and starts singing the Speed Racer song with Rocket instead. And I'm just like, this is bullcrap because this is stuck in my head. This is the name of two characters in Marvel Comics. Rocket Racer was the one that the figure is off of. Is a a supervillain of Spider Man. Um. He's a super villain. His name is Robert Farrell from Brooklyn. The oldest of seven children. His mom was a hoe, basically. Uh, he became responsible for his younger siblings when his mother died. He was a scientific prodigy, as is everybody in the Spider-Man universe back in the 60s and 70s. He's a scientific prodigy. When he realized he couldn't earn enough to support his family, he turned to a life of crime as Rocky Racer. He developed a super-powered skateboard, which he propelled at great speed by small rockets and cybernetically controlled by a crude Walkman-like device. <laughs> They're totally just pulling this shit out of their This is the 90s thing I've ever seen. He wore a weapon-equipped costume, 
including rocket-powered gloves, which <laughs> give him the ability to hit opponent. That's why he has the range, so he can shoot his little rocket gloves while he's zipping Six along. range? With penetrating psychic blocks. Austin, there's rockets on the gloves. Okay, I'm sorry. Rockets, Austin. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, this is going on the 2014 best of, I can tell you right now. <laughs> He gets shit kicked out of him by Spider-Man multiple times. Um, Later, he helps Spider-Man by proving that he was innocent of a crime when he's encountered by Silver Sable and the Outlaws. Oh, he does have the Outlaws keyword, I think, doesn't he? Rocket Racer? Uh, Might be. And then there's a a new Rocket Racer um, in the Avengers Academy. (laughs) Um, but anyways is he taking to the life of crime (laughs) yeah I think he rigged up a uh, iPod and uh, now he has like rocket rollerblades that's like the 90s thing I've ever heard he's on a skateboard rocket powered skateboard with a Walkman like device (laughs) I don't even Anyway, with cybernetics cybernetics are typically emerging of man and machine why on earth would he have a cybernetic walkman unless it's, it's one a, of his little brothers turned into a walkman emerging of man and how much does rocket technology <laughs> how much does rocket racer go for because money wise he's in web of spider-man like three is, bucks yeah I was gonna say he's like at least three or four bucks is he silver ring no he's not no. silver ring why we're going to order like 50 of them and we're going to play a whole team again oh, for he's a month. dollar. He's a rare. Yeah, he's a rare. I was right. thinking he was an SR. Right. We need to order like 50 of them and play a full team. Yeah, he does have Outlaws and Modox 11. I thought when we first said Rock Racer, oh, Modox means, 11 popped in my head. That means he could use the Red Hood and the Outlaws ATA. Yep. Oh my gosh. You guys. So, <laughs> I liked the 2v2. Was I loved it. it. I thought it was cool. I would like to do one where we designate a partner though the entire time. I think that'd be fun too. Yeah, that would know. be fun for like a home game thing. I don't yeah. think you can run a tournament because people are going to get left out. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I, I drew. That yeah, who wants to pair up with that guy? He's only the cutest man ever. He only plays Rocket Racer. Yeah, he only like, brought right. Rocket Racer to the event. Which you know I should have got like a super amazing. You should have got a fellowship that. prize for that. Um, because you know I'm the best. I don't know. You're the best around. Ain't nothing ever gonna bring me up. Except Rocket Racer, apparently. Um, so let's move uh, actually into our new segment. We got a new segment? New segment called Drew's Silver Age Value Corner. Alright. In which, and we'll have to come up with some little theme song for you at yeah, some point, too. Lead into this. So, Sir Drew, Sir Drew is going to break down a Silver Age piece that he feels has, what is it, Drew? Value. 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 How would you define value? value? What is the definition of value, Mr. Drew? So, value is the exact opposite of um, overvalue. <laughs> there you go. There's some thing to think about. <laughs> the more you know. Anyway, um, basically what value is. I was really hoping you were going to say value. Is it's money. way better for the points you're paying for it. So, let's say... Let's say a certain when you pay for points, you're paying for certain things like indomitable. You know, I'll you get the moving attack. Moving attack. How much? How many points is moving attack? Pieces with value are pieces that shouldn't have the shit. Like a sixty-point <laughs> hypersonic piece, which, by the way, is not injury's value corner, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you ever get He's on drunk, the clearance shelf of a, of a local... He is in the Baskin's <laughs> normal figure warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today, ladies and gents, we're going to be talking about a set from uh, Brave and the Bold back in 05, 06? Before know, time in memoria. Feels like it. I mean... Um... We're going to be talking about a man who enjoys Killing. his Christmas, his New Year's, his Valentine's Day. We're going to be talking about the holiday killer. So, Hunter Smith. What's that? What makes the holiday killer so good? This is your... This, I'll just... <laughs> Don't pawn this off on Hunter. This is the Drew I'll segment. warm you up, though. Get, warm, get me warmed up. I've used holiday killer now probably at least a... Uh, at least a dozen games. I think I've used it probably five times now. And I use him because he is value. For his points, he gives you ridiculous amounts of goodness. First of all, he does only have four clicks, but that's not a problem that you're going to be right. worrying about. He's a 43-point Okay, Hunter. Clicks. 43 points, and you might be saying, what am I going to get for 43 points? Normally, you probably get a shitty support piece that has a 5 attack and <laughs> support, maybe. Um, but with the Holiday Killer, what you get, you get stealth his entire dial. You get outwit. With what? You might be saying, Drew. Okay, come on. Outwit. Six range outwit. Yeah, what? 43 points for that? No. Eight range outwit. He rolls on to willpower. He never goes below an 8 attack. In fact, his highest attack is an 11. Which is a second click. And I... uh, Drew, this sounds stupid. How could it be possibly better? And I would say, he has Batman enemy. So when you get on that 9 and 8 attack, you don't give a shit. That's right, because you You, can... You put a 150 point dead shot next to him like I did, and you give him a 12 (laughs) attack his entire dive. Or you run multiple holiday killers together and just take the best of them. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey buddy, you got an 11 attack, let me borrow that. Now you might be saying, okay, so I'm looking to pay, what, 70, 80 points? 70, 80 points? Yeah. For stealth, outwit, willpower, 8 range, and a good team ability? Uh, Yeah, a good 65, 70 points. 70 points? 43. 43. That's like 50% off. Well, 43. Is it was Thanksgiving yesterday or something? What's I don't know. Is this Black Friday? This is Black Friday holiday killer. So do yourselves a favor, and is my Black God, Friday? go buy yourself a holiday killer. Is Black Friday a holiday he kills on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Because I mean, day. they're all grouped up. I'm just saying, if you're going to be a killer on the holidays, no, that's a pretty damn good choice. Black Friday when he is when he goes out shopping to get the things... You know, to kill everyone for Christmas, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah, I, I've run this bastard probably five times now. Um, he's good for filling out. Um, he's got Gotham City, which is great for police teams. Yes. Um, and there's there's some good pieces that have calculator with Gotham City. Like you see a lot of good calculator. Gotham well, City. One of my favorite teams is a Gotham City theme team with Holiday Killer. Uh, a piece that I might talk about eventually, question from Arkham Asylum, and the Clown Prince of Crime himself. The Joker. Clown Prince of Crime? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Clown Prince of Crime himself. The Clown Prince of Crime. That's right. All right, moving on to the main topic. Main topic today is, as I said earlier, the player's guide. We're going to recap the main things that are um, revealed in it and read how it works, explain further if it needs it, and then talk about 
whether we think it's a good change or not, bad change or not. Uh, we're going to start with section one. Let me find it here. All right, so first support. They have clarified support. Um, basically, the way support used to always work is if you crit missed, you deal one damage to the figure that you were trying to heal. If you crit hit, you did one extra damage on the figure that you're trying to heal. Problem was when they updated 2013 PAC, they modified the wording a little bit, and on that it got lost in translation, and basically nothing happened whenever you crit missed or crit hit. So yeah. they have re-basically um, worded it, and now you do in fact do heal plus one and minus one whenever you crit, miss, or hit. So now we go back to Bad Doctor. Which is my favorite thing, because nothing in a game is funnier than when someone's trying to support their piece on its very last click and crit missing, and uses the defibrillator wrong and electrocutes them to death. It's like that's funny. what I picture every damn time, well, and it means Donald Blake is a little less of a douche nozzle. Yeah, but if he crit hits, he's a bit more of a douche nozzle. I think he's just generally a douche nozzle. What do you think, Drewster? I think Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, the freaking hush Bruce Wayne is a douche nozzle too. Yeah, I had to play him today and we had a choice of going after him, focusing on him and killing him or going after Flash. I was like, no, you have to kill this Bruce Wayne. He you is don't nasty. understand. He has support and it's a damn good support. See, when I played with the guy that was playing him, he was the guy was running Silver Samurai too, And then I had Donald Blake as well, so we're just like, medics, medics. It was stupid. It was crazy. Oh no, my piece is low. Why don't I just double support him? I beat the shit out of that silver <laughs> Anyway. Okay, next. And, and I like, we, like we said, we like that. It's a, it's a more it's flavorful good. way to do it. And to add some risk to an you know, good want, and bad. I want a good crit, miss, crit, hit, mind control. Like, I feel like... Uh, I don't. I think, I think be, mind control is It would be cool is if you crit, hit with a mind control, you could choose a combat value to modify by one for the mind control. Yeah, I think there's already too much shit going on with my control. Okay, next up, negative one damage after each attack resolves has been officially added. Something we already knew was going to happen. We talked about before. It's we've a, been playing with it since January. It's a good idea overall. The only, the only innocent people who are hurt by this are older figures who have ranged flurry yeah. type attacks like Hit Red Man. Arrow and like Hitman and, and like uh, Sergeant Gordon Grifter. from Dark Knight Rises, Grifter. People yeah. like that who aren't two-gun kid from Avengers. They're not okay. problem pieces. If a character has two guns, it's likely they got hit by this. Um, I like it overall. It's not going to affect multi-attack or uh, duo attack. It's not going to affect flurry because of specific wording on those powers. It's just going to affect people mainly from mind control, friendly mind controls like with Mole Man or team bases and things of that nature. So overall, I like it a lot. I think it's a good idea in addition to the game um and then they modified a multi-attack and duo attack to specifically remove the wording on they no longer have the damage penalty listed it just they're subject to the new rule let me see all right next up team bases uh working together solo adventure and team coordination all got their new things added um specifically i want to talk about um solo adventure and they, uh, let's just read it. Give this character power action, remove any team member from the team, and insert it to its switch clicks. The character is placed adjacent to a team on a switch clicks base. Turn to its first click with a click number color that matches the team's current click number. 
If removing the team member from the team would mean that the total point value of removed team members exceeds the point value of the team, the team member can be removed, blah, blah, blah. All right. When a removed character has multiple starting lines, its point value is considered to be the first printed starting line other than an orange starting line preceding the clicks when it's placed on the map. Its actual starting line will be the click number on which the character entered play. Now, that last sentence is the one they added, and that's the one that's the most important because this means you can no longer have a team base that started off at 300 and got knocked down to its 200 and when you pop off your superman instead of it this is totally theoretical but when you pop off your superman instead of starting at his 200 point dial you you would put him on his cheaper one let's say his 100 point and you used to be able to take that 100-point Superman and heal him back up to his 200-point. But with this new sentence on Solo Adventure, you treat that, when you pop him off the team base, you treat that starting click that, that you have to start him on as their starting click, which means you cannot heal them up through support or through steel energy or anything like that up past where they need to be. And that's good because that was an exploit that was never meant to be the, the case anyways. And can get pretty silly pretty quick. And then on top of that, the the fact that their first, their very first like top line is considered their point value now. That means that when you score them for killing them, you get the full points for the entire thing now, right? So even if they come in on like one click before the end, they can't heal past that one click, but you score the entire thing. Yep. Um, working together got changed. You get one action for every two hundred instead of a hundred. We talked about that. We think it's good. It's good. Um, other than that, team coordination, you get less of a bonus on prob control or for theme team bonuses. Uh, we like that as well. Just because some of them getting like plus seven to map roll for Justice a 200 League. point or yeah, for, or 300 <laughs> point Justice League, it's just ridiculous. Um, so those are all good changes. Vehicles cannot be assigned re- resources or relics. Um, it's my understanding that they cannot even be on a team to where they would have to be assigned resources or relics. Like the book. Has so there been an official warrant really? Yeah, I was reading in the forums. It's not on the. It's not here on the player's guide, and that's what I didn't like. Although it should be noted that this is this was written a few months a ago. few weeks ago. Yeah. It's not like it just came out the day. It was just written the day before they released it. It's been a. You know, some a couple things have changed since. And since there will then. be another update in July when they do the uh, when they do the modern rotation too. So it's my understanding that you can't have a vehicle on your team if you're running a resource that's assigned to the entire team. The only two um, being the book of skulls and the power plant. Other than that, you can have a bat belt or a infinity gauntlet or phoenix force on your team as long as you don't assign it to the vehicle also vehicles can't be wasn't there something about like the size of characters that can pilot vehicles the, too? the size must be the same size or less than the um than the uh vehicle than the vehicle um wait does that mm-hmm. mean giants can be in the bug yeah that's, that's awesome. the only one that that non that anything bigger than normal can be in um, they we already covered that. The this is the first time that keywords have really been added to figures, and that is the maximum carnage keyword got added on Web of Spider Man, Carnage, and Doppelganger, which is really cool. And that's mainly because they added. Test. I'm hoping it's a test thing to see like <coughs> as to see how much this impacts things, and if players end up liking it, maybe they'll do it for some other figures too. Static. It's mainly because yeah. they 
Statics forever keywordless. It's mainly because they added the maximum carnage ATA. Yeah. And had nobody to put it on. Yeah, there's only like two people. <laughs> so, the, and those are two figures that, especially Carnage himself, that really <laughs> deserve to have the keyword. Um, they clarified that you cannot take uh, double power actions after you get the bonus on the invisible jet. If nobody knows how the invisible jet works, I'll just kind of sum it up. You, as long as you have a certain pilot in there, you move the jet up, carry somebody with you, and then you give the person a free action afterward that you carried. Um, what people would do would be black bolt bomb, and they would carry their black bolt up with the jet, and then give him a free double power action pulse wave thing, and obliterate everybody and their mom on the map. And they and Poor same course. with Barda, they used to do the same thing with Barda and get her full map from that. And uh, they finally clarified that you cannot do that after the jet. You, no double power actions. Um, no penetrating on the cruiser's ram or uh, special ability. We already talked about that. We like that. I personally, I do. Don't you get? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Batmite got the roll of one to two. <clears throat> Bat, yeah, Batmite's a one to two. His, I don't know. I feel like that probably is all he needed. I guess only time will tell. Well, we had two Batmites played today, and from what I heard, they did keep hitting them, so... I don't I, know what you're I, talking about. I smoked him the one time I played him. He didn't even get a chance to do it. I got to do it twice, and I rolled ones on both times. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Even with proper, can it not be re-rolled? I don't think it can be re-rolled. It might not And be I was probably on outwit at the time. So, but I just mean... And at this point, all we have to judge meta-wise really on right now are the ROC Super Qualifiers. And as of between now and um, Gen Con, I don't think I've seen a single Batmite on a, on a top a 16. I haven't top. either. But it's funny because when we did the uh, ROC stuff, that Batmite Superboy team was a pain. When Batmite hits the right rolls and everything... It hurts. Like, that extra swing is enough for a big tentpole piece. Oh my gosh, it's, it's painful. So time will tell if that was a big enough, really, hindrance on him. It may have been. Um, initially, I thought it wasn't going to be enough. But, uh, but we also have had a lot of pieces come out since then, too. Yeah. And so now we have bigger issues with Silver Centurion and all the bullshit that, God, that things brought up. And that? then no telling what Legion of Superheroes is going to bring with everything with High Father or anything else. Like, Validus. There's going to be enough stuff to. Validus meta 2014. God, I'm so. I, I hope I pull Validus on Wednesday. I really <laughs> oh, do. gosh. I will run rampant. Shatterstar got changed. Um, he can no longer. The person that he brings with him can no longer be given a non free action afterwards. Good change. Um, good change overall. Doesn't really affect his... I mean, it makes him less broken, but still a pretty solid piece for his points. I mean, he still has, like, freaking flurry blades and, and stuff like that, so he's still a pretty good piece for his points. All right, and then next is Hope Summers. Um, basically, all they did on Hope was just clarify, like I basically everything I was saying in the um, the rules explanation video for her that whenever she copies powers, that you just substitute her name in. So you say instead of saying Thor can use energy explosion and quake, you say Hope Summers can use energy explosion and quake, and uh, that even if those powers are lost after she has copied them, she can still use them until um, she it's time to give her the free action and copy again. Hope's really cool. Yeah, really cool piece. Um, spirals change we've talked about before. It's now officially in the player's guide. Um, she now has the 
um, basically after place the gateway markers, you can't pass through them until the next turn. That, she wasn't really affecting the meta a whole lot anyways because she's expensive. And now that she's been changed, she definitely isn't affecting them. Like, nobody's really she playing her at really all. She was really annoying in the 500, 600 games, though. Annoying, yes. But, like, game, like, breaking, no. But anyways, she got changed. Um, we got the kind of nerf to Professor X Magneto duo. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, basically, with Professor X Magneto duo, you used to be able to use mind control and then use Psychic Blast as a free action after that. And then use Mind Control again as a free action after that. No, no, no. The smart person starts with Psychic Blast, then Mind Control, then I know. I'm just giving an example. You can do one <laughs> or the other back and forth. Um, one will make you a terrible player, though. Now they can only do one or the other. So once per turn is what they've added to it. Once per turn when they hit with either one, after action resolve, they may use the other as a free action. So you get you get them both, but you don't get to keep yo yo the back same thing with Exodus, right? Um, Exodus isn't on here. I don't think. I think his was worded okay to where they didn't. Need, oh, okay. They didn't need to give him an official <laughs> errata, but his does work the same way. Yes. Um, they clarified on Iceman, and Iceman is one I don't really think we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, we did actually the time that I played him, maybe a long time team, ago, because he was problematic. He was highly problematic, actually. So this is from the player's guide: zero sixty six Iceman Glacial Wall reads: Iceman can use barrier. When he does, after actions resolve, make a close combat attack targeting each opposing character adjacent to a marker that was just placed. Each hit character is given an action token and is dealt one damage for each action token it now has instead of normal damage. So There's the way two it changes was, on that now. What's up? The other change is uh, adjacent to each token just placed. The just placed wasn't on there before. Because there was a little screw around people were trying to do where they were using other barriers. Right, and then whenever his kicked in, they could do it to everybody. And the way it was worded initially, he would do he would do normal damage, yeah, and then he would he would then on top of that deal one damage for each action token. So I mean I for one find it hilarious there was an ice man that was that broken for a short period of time. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like this it, just because that uh, the other way, the way it was initially worded, was it ridiculous. Was, yeah, the amount of good. arguments over that was pretty crazy. He's still a solid point uh, oh, piece yeah. for his points, and I do plan on trying him. Uh, any anyone who can incap more than like that many people around corners and crap with barriers, crazy. Lockheed, they officially said has energy explosion, not pulse wave. Aww. So, it, it, but it makes sense for Lockheed. Oh, yeah, it so doesn't make sense for him to have Pulse Wish. That's not the point. He spits fire, not giant mind-blowing... Beams. Bomb, beam, whatever. Bomb beams. Um, this Some is sort of an, wave of pulses. This is an interesting, and we talked about it um, last week. 201 Wolverine and pieces like him. Um, where, let's read the, the trait. Healing factor. At the beginning of your turn... You may Wolverine may activate Regen as a free action. So now they have changed it to that wording where it says he may activate so that it doesn't mess up the effects of, oh, I have Regen on my dial and as a trait. Well, I can't use it from the trait if it's on my, you know yeah, what I because mean? because it was kind of weird that it's like may use it at the beginning of your turn. Okay, so at the beginning of my turn I have Regen, but may use is the normal wording for possesses and stuff like that. So it was just a mess. Yeah, so this... 
and and hopefully in the future when they make more pieces, they do that. They put activate ma- ma- activate one. because they need to do that for a lot of the force blast pieces too. Mm-hmm. Um, Silver Centurion. Now, Silver Centurion is a it's judge's a nightmare. He's my nightmare. I'm working on him for our next rules explanation video right now, and he is a, the biggest pain in the butt. There's so many confusing things. Here's one major change they made to Silver Centurion, though. The rest of it I will carry. Actually, I'm not even going to read off this player's guide because things have been changed on him since this player's guide was drawn up. Um, Basically, I'll go over the gist of Silver Centurion. The changes, that is. Silver Centurion, you give him a power action, you place his torpedo next to him. Each turn, you can put a counter on the card, give Iron Man or Silver Centurion a free action, put a counter on the card, and you may move the torpedo that many squares, however many counters it has. It's always been May. It is? Yeah, it's always been May. Now, let me pull it up here just so we can read the official wording on it. Alright, this is what this card says. Once for game, give him a power action to put a torpedo special terrain marker on the map in an adjacent square when the torpedo is on the map. You may give him a free action, put an acceleration token on his card, and then move the torpedo equal to the number of accelerations on this car- tokens on this card as if it were a character with a wing symbol. Ignore character. At the beginning or end of your turn, if the marker square is occupied by an opposing character, you must remove the marker from the map and make a close combat attack roll against that character with an attack value of 11, damage value of 7. So here's... The important things to note, the answers to the big questions that everybody always asks. Who's making the attack? Silver Centurion is not making the attack. Oh, they changed that? The torpedo is making the attack. Okay, so that's number one. So prob to it, anything like that, needs to be to the actual torpedo. Not Actually, you can't prob it, by yeah, the way. Because you, you can't target a you It's target not a character. character. It's a terrain marker. So, the terrain marker is what's making the attack. That's good and bad if you're playing Silver Centurion. It's good because... If you hit the roll. It's good because if you crit miss, Silver Centurion's not taking damage. If you hit Mystic, Silver Centurion's not taking damage. It's bad because you can't empower it. You can't perplex it. You can't use Precision Strike on top of whatever powers. You know, other stuff like that. Um, so that's one thing that the that the token is making the attack, and that nobody uh, that um, nobody can prob it because there's no character to draw a line of fire to. Um, other than that, you can at the beginning of your turn, if you are the controller of Silver Centurion, if I'm using it and Drew moves his saber tooth and trench coat up on top of the torpedo, I can in fact choose to free action move it instead of having to blow it up. They they reiterated that. Oh. And this is a piece that has so many rules questions that they had to go to the designers and say, what the hell did you mean to do with this? Because this is the biggest cluster F piece that you've made in a long time. Cluster cloak. So that's another thing that people always ask me is, can I move it? Yes, you can, in fact, move it. Other than that, everything else... Oh, and after you make an attack with the... Um, Torpedo, you have to remove those counters from the card. Mm-hmm. That's only going to take place if you somehow created another torpedo um, from mind controlling, either friendly or opposing. You know, otherwise, that's the only thing that's going to matter. Oh, the madness! And I definitely don't want to get into that on the we'll podcast. Be here another hour and a half. The rest of that will be on the YouTube channel. 
If you have any other Silver Centurion questions, just email me or wait for the video <laughs> that I put out. I just love that. If you have any more Silver Centurion questions. Um, M10009Iron Man. This is actually oh, something God. I found funny. They changed his wording to say when he takes damage from another character assigned a resource or relic, then he has to roll his trait. And that's because the way it was worded, if he had a resource or if relic he and he crit himself. missed or <laughs> <laughs> then he had to take he had to roll it for hitting yeah so. because uh, if he had energy explosion there's a common there's a common one where if he had energy explosion and he shot someone at point blank or something and splashed himself with it he would have to roll the thing if he had a resource oh roll. my god um I thought that was pretty funny why are all these Iron Man such a mess um also something I noticed on the amazing Spider-Man and Friends team base it doesn't have a WizKids number. Its number is number T300. Just thought that was interesting because we were talking about that the other day. Remember Austin? Wait. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have the WizKids? Its number is T300. That's all it says on the Oh, so track. it's... Well, you know what? I think... What's Trinity of Sins? It's WK... I'll, I'll pull it up here. It's right there. It's D-T-001. Ooh, wait a minute now. If, oh wait, it's Spidey's T-300. So yeah, it may, basically we don't know. Because all of the team bases are T-something-something-something. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So, I don't know, I guess we'll have to see. I just thought that was worth noting since we've been talking about it. Um, Here's for higher got its change. We all knew about that. Instead of taking any action now, they can only take an attack with their free um, thing. So that keeps you from buffing the crap out of them and then you know doing multiple flurries and shit like that um utility belt got its changed that's one thing we talked about before we really liked that time you make an attack now you have to roll it yeah and prep time you cannot go on to anything that has a plus one or a plus two is it after actions resolve you have to roll it or is it so if i flurry will i roll it after each flurry or will i no it's at the end of your turn oh at the end of your turn sorry yeah, the problem was um, Heroes for Hire was a free action. So you could flurry, or you, you could be on plus two, Heroes yeah. for Hire, and stay on it. Yeah. But now with the changes, you have to roll it. And they um, buffed Shark Repellent. I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. So basically, instead of just affecting the swimmers, it's anybody with the animal keyword now, I think. Yeah. Well, I think that's the relic side that they changed, isn't it? Uh, let me pull it up here. Because I thought the relic side was, or plot was different than the resource side. Because the resource side was the force blast on people with swim ability, and the relic side was the defense against people with dolphin or dolphin transporter. Yeah. Get this character a power. I'll pull it up here while we're talking about. It. So while I'm looking that up, let's move into community and keep this ball rolling. And um, for dial design, we'll do our. We're going to cover a featured dial. Um, this week's assignment, Austin, you want to talk about this week's assignment and then our featured dial for this week? This week's assignment was to make a tiny character. And a tiny character, some people asked us what we defined that as, and I said, think about the bonuses. It's hard to hit with ranged fire, and when carried, it doesn't provide a penalty. So, like, there was a rocket raccoon in the dials and stuff like that. Like, there were small animals, which, completely legit to me. I mean, like, that's really what I picture when I think of a tiny character, someone, like, small animal or smaller, like, rides on somebody's shoulder without really stopping or slowing them down. 
Um, we, we had a lot of really good dials submitted. There were some really interesting because we opened it up to other universes. Um, we got a lot of a lot of MySpace characters. I mean, a lot and a lot of small rodents, period. Between the raccoons, between... We got Chippendale in there. We got Mighty Mouse. We got Jerry from Tom and Jerry. I mean, you guys really went cartoon crazy this week. Um, our one, not necessarily the highest scoring because we don't do scores until tomorrow, but one dial that kind of caught our eye that we wanted to do for dial design is from Sapphire Shadow, and it is Chippendale from Rescue Rangers from Boom Studios Comics. And I just thought it was... Pretty solid submission, but also really funny. I think the trade's what, t- what sold it for me. Um, 55 points, Chip and Dale duo and tiny size. Uh, team ability is Rescue Rangers. Keywords, Rescue Rangers, Detective, and Animal. Improved movement ignores hindering, blocking, and elevated for movement. They have a couple, three traits. No case too big. When they target a character with giant or colossal, they get plus two attack and precision strike. That's pretty cool. Dang, for a 55-point piece. No case too small. Chip and Dale modify all adjacent pieces with kid or teen keywords defense plus one. That's awesome. And a lot of his stuff builds around teen or kid, which is really cool and makes total sense for the characters. Uh, and then the last trait, the best probably will be the best power this week. <laughs> Disney Afternoon. Both players learn a life lesson at the end of each match. See, and, and this is kind of funny to me because, like, I imagine, I kind of hope WizKids does some more fun ones. Like, if they do a Shazam piece, I want a Shazam piece that when you alter ego it, you have to verbally say Shazam. Or something like that would be hilarious for them to do. So, top click, they have charge and end cap, and then they get a special defense power. When you need help, just call. Chip and Dale can use empower and enhancement on adjacent pieces with kid, teen, or and rescue rangers keywords. And special damage power, founding rescue rangers. Chip and Dale can use leadership when they do. All characters sharing a keyword with them are considered to be of a lesser point value. Second click, they have charge and a special attack ability called chocolate with a bunch of exclamation points. They can use blades and precision strike when they successfully hit and roll doubles. After action to resolve, heal them of one damage. That's from when they always freak out whenever they finally get candy or something. Um, And then their third click, they get a stop click. When move, turning the dial, if this click is removed due to damage taken from an opposing attack, stop turning the dial. Immediately give Chippendale a free action. Oh, and it's called Is Not Is Too, so it's like they're arguing, which they always do on the show and in the comics. Uh, split them into figures with qualifying names and equal, equal or lesser point values, same number of clicks from their starting line. These figures modify attack plus one and defense minus one. They may be merged again at the end of your next turn with plus one to all values. So they kind of break up. They get an argument. They break up. And then if you want to get them back together and make them reconcile, then they get stronger when they get back together, which is kind of cool. Um, I just really liked it. Full of it was, tons of flavor. It's amazing. Um, it's just a funny dial. Like, I he like created a, a team ability, the Rescue Ranger team ability, too. Characters using this TA can use stealth, but only in printed hindering terrain. Which is a pretty good TA. So I liked. I, I thought that was very clever dial, and um, really cool powers, and, and just an overall good submission. So that's our submission of the week this week. Um, no news on best build right now, YouTube channel wise. Um, I put a starter review for the Yu-Gi-Oh set 
on there. Um, Drew is nice enough to loan me his Yu-Gi-Oh starter set. Yeah. And which... I go through each figure, review it, uh, talk about its dial, how good it is, how bad it is um, for the Silver Age, since these are Silver Age pieces, and kind of give them scores. And then I display the maps, which I really do like the map in there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so if you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can check that out. All right, next, let's move into the comics section where we're going to talk about Black Widow. Now, this is a relaunch, this is a launch that started with the Marvel Now titles just a few weeks ago. It's written by Nathan Edmondson, who wrote New 52 Grifter. No, really? Yes, and Grifter started out okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. The first arc I actually liked of Grifter, and then after that, it got kind it of went really crappy. Um, he is doing now Black Widow, and he's doing now Punisher, which I don't know if you guys have read yet, but is actually pretty decent so far. So he's got two new Marvel Now books he's starting to write. He's doing a pretty good job on both of them. And then Phil Noto is the artist, and he did a lot of Jonah Hex from Ooh. one of my favorite. Drew's a big uh, Constantine, big um, Hellblazer fan. I was always a big Jonah Hex fan, yeah. especially right before New 52. Yeah. Right before New 52, Jonah Hex was, like, perfect because each issue it would restart. Jimmy Palmi- uh, Jimmy Gray and, and Palmiotti, like, they had the book down. And Phil Noto would come in and guest star whenever they needed somebody, and he would do the art, and he was awesome. He also did some art on Remender's Uncanny X-Force. Yeah. Um, and what stands out to me about this book is the art. The art's great. I mean, like, that's been the one thing that kind of hooked me on it, really, was... I like the plot lines. Like, they're they're interesting, but they're not like, oh my gosh, can't wait for the next issue. But the artwork's just great. Like, the scenery of the different cities and all the missions she's on, they do a really good job of, like, um, the backdrops and everything. I think it's very, um, it's a little watercolory. Yeah, definitely. But very pretty. Very, a very, really, really, really well done. You can leave that open, Austin. Just a well done overall book. Um, the writing, I feel, is just basically mediocre. It's okay. It's not yeah. bad. It's not good. It's it's okay. It's It does good enough, but I feel like the art takes the book from an average book to a good book is what the art does for me. Um, the reason I say the writing is nothing special is, like I said, it's not because it's bad. It's just that it just does the basic Black Widow formula. It's, hey... Black Widow gets a mission, goes on it, takes care of business. You learn a little bit of character development about her because there is there is a little bit of character development. Some of it has to do with the cat and like her (laughs) her wanting to be independent, not have people depend on her. Yeah, and her kind of insecurities with the fact that she she, can't be in one place or else someone will find her. Yeah, and like also it's starting to slowly character develop where she feel I feel like um, she feels insecure because she's done so many bad things in her past, and she feels remorse over them, but. I'm, At the same time, she keeps on doing what she's doing, and it sh- what she's doing now is kind of like trying to right her wrongs yeah. in the past. I wish they would d- dive a little deeper into that aspect of the book you know, and write some good stories and character development. You instead know who I really like so that. far in that book? I like her lawyer slash mission guy. Yeah, he is pretty funny. <laughs> He's pretty badass, too. Um, basically... Uh, the thing is, it's like they, they always talk about like she has a web of things that she's funneling money into, and that's what her missions are for. And they mention safe houses, but they don't say what else is what else she's paying off. And so like it's heavily implied like that she has old Russian contacts or something that are after her or something. And I feel like that's what it's building to is that she's trying to like 
seal the deal, so to speak, with some old things, just close old books and stuff like that. And that's, again, part of the whole, um, I feel remorse for the old me and the old things I did, and now I'm trying to make up for it. I, so as long as they dive into that, and, and maybe they are, maybe they're starting out simple because they don't want to scare people off. They want this to be a, a book that everybody can pick up and learn a little bit about Black Widow with the movie, the Avengers movie coming out. And with possibly a Black Widow With movie. Winter Soldier coming out with maybe a Black Widow movie and then the next Avengers book. I feel like they're doing a good job of doing exactly what they probably have planned. Let's take Black Widow. Let's give her her own book. Let's keep it pretty safe in the creativity department. Just make a solid book for people who aren't interest who who haven't read much black widow and want to get a taste of what she's like let's give them that and i feel like that's what this book does i feel like if you're a diehard black widow fan the few of them that there are out there um i feel like you're gonna read this and be like eh you know like whatever i've read way better black widow books but if you're a person who has absolutely nothing to do with black widow but have a little bit of interest in it or just are looking for a a decent solid book to pick up then i feel like this is a good book to pick up it's not it's a very approachable book basically i guess is where i'm going with that yeah it's i just i don't know my issue with black widow is they always talk about red in the ledger red in the ledger and all this stuff Mm -hmm. like that and that term comes up so much with her i'm kind of hoping they explore some of the things she's done though in the past that's what I'm saying. I yeah. hope it dives deeper. And maybe yeah. they're going... I want to see some atrocities or horror... I want to know what makes her so insecure crazy because they haven't really... Did she blow up an orphanage at some point or whatever? Maybe and hopefully they do because it might just be starting off safely right now just to get the ball rolling and then they'll delve into more crazy stuff. So, who knows? Anyways, so if that's our recommendation. If you guys are interested in Black Widow at all, then be sure to check that out. Um, thanks for tuning in this week. Next week we'll be talking about Superman Legion of Superheroes sealed and giving advice and, and going over the pieces and which ones are we are the ones we think you should get excited for. Or want to see. <laughs> Sneak peek from Drew. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dial H for Hero Clicks. And um, also be sure to send us emails at gmail dot com or on our facebook um page you can pm us there and uh chat with the other uh, dial h members we we have little chats from time time about comics and stuff Uh, we'll chat so until next week this has been honor drew and austin signing off see you